0: Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. In this From the Field episode, managing editor Brian Gorman interviews Ochuko Igbe, an experienced change leadership advocate on ways in which a dual lens of system and individual can contribute to change success. We hope you enjoy this installment of the Change Management Review Podcast.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Change Management Review podcast. I'm Brian Gorman, the managing editor of Change Management Review. And our guest today is Ochuko Igbeye. Ochuko is an experienced change leadership advocate in the financial services profession with over 20 years of multidisciplinary and multicultural experience in Nigeria, West Africa, and Canada. He is a PMP and change management certified professional with practical experience in product management, process improvement, and relationship management. Ochuko is an individual with a passion for personal development, continuous improvement, building strong relationships by inspiring with humor and empathy. He is a husband, a father, a faithful friend, and a lifelong learner. Welcome Ochuko.
0: Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me here. It's such an honor to be with you in this podcast today.
1: We met in the Change Management Reinvented Clubhouse room um, where we're exploring all sorts of different things around the whole topic of change management and what's not working and what we need to think about doing differently. And as you and I were preparing for this podcast you brought a very interesting perspective up that I really want us to focus on today, which is the importance of looking at the organization as system and simultaneously looking at the individual in the organization who is being called on to change. Achuko, could you give us a little bit of background as to how you developed that perspective and why it's so important? Thank you very much, Brian. Uh,
0: It's a really important concept because I believe that is all that we have in terms of our organizations and life in general. We're all parts of a system. We're all individual parts, individual uh, components of the system. And so we need to look at how these different parts interact with the system, and that's what moves the system forward or keeps it stagnant or probably even pulls it backward. And that's really what it is about. It's, uh, you know, I like using my analogies and stuff. And when you look at any other system, right, the human body as a system, it's not one thing. It's a composition of many different things. And it all depends on how you interact on how you treat those many different things that you now affect the entire system. And so you have to be able to look at the, the organization not as an entity in itself, but as, as something that composes of many different systems and that is being influenced by many different individuals that form that system.
1: So as you look at current change management methodologies, change management approaches, where do you see them bringing that perspective? And or where do you see them failing to bring that perspective? Let me start with how it's, I think it's failing.
0: I think it's failing because of the external view in terms of change management and methodologies, and also the internal view that change managers themselves see of these you know practices methodologies and models because um i'll also use another analogy let's use carpentry for instance if you want to you know build a desk the type of wood that you would use to build a desk will be different from the kind of wood you would you would use to build a house so many people you know look at it from an external perspective right the organization looking into change management and saying I have this type of wood, give me this type of results, right? And you can't come up and say, I want to build a house. And then all the wood that you have is just MDF. How are you going to be able to do that? You have to have the right type of wood, you have to have the right type of resources, you have to have the right type of materials. And then the change manager, being the carpenter, being the expert, understanding where the different type of resources will fare well and where the different type of resources will be able to enhance the structure, hold the structure up, will be able to work well with the other types of resources that are used to make the whole system. And that's the way I'm looking. That's the way it is. we feel that we just, from the external point, Senior management or organizations will call on the change management uh, consultants and just say, "I have this problem. I want this solution. This is what I want you to do." And they think that it's what that you can always just work a miracle and get it there. We failed in that aspect. You they, they don't see how you need to be able to get the right resources. And sometimes, yes, the resources that you have may be resistant, but they can also change themselves and become or adapt to what you want them to be. But it's not going to just be, okay, whatever it is that you have, use it wherever it is that I want you to. And internally also, we also, as change managers, are so fixed on models and frameworks that we want to be able to use a hammer for every single type of job that we have so if i'm used to if i'm used to you know one type of methodology i believe that no matter what the change initiative is that method methodology would work and that's where we internally as change managers have also failed because we just feel like okay it's what i'm comfortable with and it's what i'm able to do that will work for whatever situation that i'm called into we are not able to like the carpenter look and say okay with this type of resource that i have and with this type of results that i'm hoping to get i may have more success using a chisel instead of a hammer and that's the way we as change managers and change managers internally have also failed in terms of that
1: you said a lot of things that resonate with me one of them that that really jumped out at me is you said they can change themselves yeah so often as change practitioners as change leaders Mm. we think that we're changing others in the organization and we're not no um we are giving them the information, we are giving them perhaps the skills, we are giving them perhaps the motivation, um, and people decide whether or not they're going to change.
0: Yeah,
1: And and one of the the thoughts that that brings up, which is sort of a sidebar, but I I don't think it's uh, too far astray here, is at every level of the organization the role of the individual is to set those people who report to them up to be successful. So, you know, whether you're the CEO or the frontline manager, uh, the question to ask is, what am I doing to set my people up to be successful in this change so that they change themselves in a way that moves them and the organization forward? chuko as, as you talk about this duality of lenses, if you will, mm-hmm. a lot of change uh, management approaches look at stakeholders as clusters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can have a thousand factory workers in Milan that we mm-hmm. consider as, as a stakeholder. How well does that work?
0: Well, I guess um, COVID has taught us better, (laughs) that that type of mentality no longer works. Because as how do you say it, that all change is personal and happens on an individual level. And even if there are clusters and there are maybe team behaviors, the impact of change is still personal. Right. And the decision to change is still personal. Yes, we may be able to, you know, in terms of maybe the change in terms of the change communication, put in some clusters. And that's why we really, really need and the role of the, of the middle managers has become so important now to understand those individuals within the teams, within the groups, within the clusters and how these changes will affect them individually. Because even if you say that, yes, they're factory workers and they should all have that, this, we've seen that COVID has taught us otherwise. Because where the expectation is the same, the impact is different. Take working in the same factory, on the same line, in the same job, but you have different life issues that's affecting you, childcare, spousal care, you know those sort of things affect you differently so expecting somebody who is single to show up the same way as someone who is married with children really doesn't work anymore and that's how I, it's no longer it's it's no longer feasible because we have to be able to look at the individuals many people say it's going that granular is becoming more complex but i think it's actually simplifying it And that's why I believe that I said that the role of the middle managers has become even more important now. If we've got
1: 250,000 people around the globe, Mm. what you're saying is we need to look at that system Mm -hmm. of 250,000 people and we need to think about and act in order to one by one, 250,000 times bring change about?
0: We eventually, yes. We're not gonna be able to do it from top down. We're gonna have to do it from bottom up or from the middle down. Because just as we've been able to see how um, one individual coming to work with COVID can affect everyone, right? Um, we, we, we spoke about, because I'm in Canada, and we spoke about um, recently with one of my friends about somebody who was in a call center last year, and they just couldn't afford to stay home. They had symptoms, right? They had, you know, other considerations that they just said, I can't stay at home, and they came to work with COVID. That one individual, right? That one consideration by that individual, affected the entire floor of over 200 people so this and you can imagine now an organization of like you said 250 losing 200 people or having to adjust to 200 people working away or moving away or unavailable for a certain amount of time you can imagine how that small part that small decision affected the whole. And if we, the middle manager had been able to, you know, help that individual, but say, don't worry about it, you have symptoms, you have issues, we'll work through those issues with you individually, that comfort, you know, that ability to be able to speak to that individual would have been able to help the entire unit stay open and then the organization not have any delays. So if you don't look at it in that aspect, you would definitely have to suffer from it eventually because that this example, one individual said, I can't stay at home. I came in it, it, and then affected the entire floor, which put a whole unit out, which affected the whole organization.
1: I, I think that's a beautiful example of um, the, the one and the whole. Yeah as as a a great analogy and what it brings to mind for me uh, from a change perspective is the whole um, organizational network analysis approach that, that um, we've talked about on uh, webinars before, as you work on your change initiatives, how do you go about finding those key people who are the influencers that, you, you want to engage in the change early on?
0: Oh, it's, um, I'm going to put it in such a way that it might be confusing, but it's actually pretty straightforward. It's easy, but it's hard. Okay. <laughs> or rather it's simple, but it's hard. It's simple in the sense that you start with the leaders and influences and then you drill or drill deeper and try to connect on an individual basis it's sort of like painting a picture you if you're painting a portrait some individuals start with the face and then go to other details some people will start with the background and come to one one thing but nevertheless the whole picture must have all the details. And to get all the details, you have to touch all the aspects. So some people start with just the team leads and end there. I would say go even granular. You may not be able to touch every single individual, but some sampling, like sometimes you just walk around and ask someone to validate the information that you're getting from the team leads. Not just to validate it, but also to challenge, you know, that perspective. If they're seeing something in one way, it could be, it could be that the people that are that they're working with are really seeing it differently, that they may just be, you know, moving with the status quo and they're waiting for the opportunity to, you know, voice their grievance or even change the status quo. So I usually start off with the people who are identified as team leads and influencers, and then also sort of go down a bit granular, get some information, validate continually and consistently. So it just doesn't happen in the beginning. It should happen throughout the initiative, right? Because circumstances and contexts that were perceived at the beginning of the initiative may have changed or evolved throughout the lifespan of the change initiative itself. So it's constantly and continually, building that detail into your your picture, into your perspective, and understanding where each individuals
1: are coming into and how they're coming into the initiative. What else is important for our listeners to to hear about this, both end, individual and system lens on change management? Hmm well i would say it's pretty important now
0: because we're all talking about organizational resilience right now and we're talking about how we can adapt and how we can quickly change and take advantage of opportunities or respond to circumstances in our environment we need to understand that we need to build resilience with the individuals first it is the individual resilience that will that will move up and will now contribute to organizational resilience. We often think that it's our artifacts, our systems, our structures that will make us resilient. But really, it's the people that will make us resilient because it's the people who would form the structures, who would adapt and apply the systems and policies in, in the organization to be able to respond to the changes and the requirements of the environment. So, too often we've focused on the structure, the system, the policies, the guidelines, without focusing on the people themselves, right? And getting people to agree with these things is really, really more important right now, because if we want to quickly pivot as a result of external forces Or internal challenges, it is the people that are going to be able to make those changes because they're the ones who are going to be affected the most by those uh, factors. So, building resilience has to start with building resilience with the individuals, with the people, and then they in turn will contribute and make the organization a resilient organization.
1: Ochuko, thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Brian. It's a wonderful, always wonderful to be with you. And I, I, I learn every single time that we interact. Thank you very much for this opportunity. You're welcome. We hope you've enjoyed this From the Field episode of the Change Management Review Podcast with Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of the Change Management Review and Ochiko Bank. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and like us on LinkedIn.